It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. I, God, what am I doing? NPR? Hey! It's Barely in Topic. I'm here with Jeff and Tim. Heidi ho Hey there. It's been a week. I want I want you to sit back and I want you to relax and I want you to envision this. Brad Marchand is in a dark capsule floating off in, into nowhere. He's talking into a helmet. It says 37 on the side of the helmet. <laughs> he says, Patrice, I just wanted to give you this message before I go to sleep. We ran out of goals four days ago and we're soon going to run out of hope and motivation but keep in mind that as i drift off into sleep i'll be thinking about you then you see that brad's floating off in nowhere in florida next scene david krejci stands in the bruins compound with tuka rask looking on behind him they're watching a screen and they see on the screen, that's archived footage from the video at the door. It's Charlie McAvoy. Hi guys, remember me? It's Charlie McAvoy. We met that one time at that hockey rink, you know, in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got really big. Um... <laughs> <laughs> then we see shots of other Bruins looking like they're in despair and they've lost all hope and trying to figure out how to make sense of all of the injuries and all the players that have come and gone and why they can't score a freaking goal to save their lives. Then last night happened. Yes, guys, we're going to talk about the good game first. Yeah. Last night's game, of course, was against Toronto Maple Leafs. Who of course, who of course, recently got Matthews back from injury and finally got a contract to William Nylander. Yep. And so, by any reasonable expectation, given how the Bruins have been playing of late, and that it's the Leafs with all those parts, it, it, it was reasonable to expect this game to be a bloodbath. And, and and as it happens, it was a bloodbath. Plot twist. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I had recommended that everybody watch uh, Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther on Netflix. Both of them are Netflix. I, I thought that would be a better way to spend your evening. However, I did not do that because the game was on and I was in the living room. And then I kind of committed to it. So, yeah, last night I really thought the Bruins were going to come out flat and they were going to suck and that we were going to be sitting here talking about what a terrible week it was. And trust me, we will talk about what a terrible week it was. But I thought it was going to be even more terrible. But when you score six goals and you still win, <laughs> because that's the important part here, and you win and you score uh, six goals, that is a great thing. And here's the thing about those six. Every single one of them was scored by someone who we desperately needed more goals from. Yes. JFK with his third goal on the season. Backus with his third goal. Tory Krogh with his first. Danton Heinen with his third. David Krejci with his fourth. Ryan Donato with his third. Woohoo! 
Notice, of course, that bread and pasta were not any of the scorers, but they both did combine to have five assists. So, uh, hey, you know what? If your top line's not going to score, at least they can help out. This is important too, considering um, uh, our second and third best uh, best goal scorers on the season were out of this game, of course, because um, uh, Jake DeBrusque is sitting out this weekend. Um, he was after, dusted. Uh, yeah, he's taking the oh, <laughs> after taking the, the, the puck to the he took the puck to the head there, right, or something like that. What was it? Wasn't that like yeah. a week more than a week ago? But they were saying, or did something happen in the in the in the, in the Tampa game that I missed? And I watched that game, so I don't remember anything happening to him in that game. Well, it seems like these these things they creep up. It's it, like McAvoy played a full week before he wasn't feeling right. Right. It's probably a big part of why he was out for as many games as he was in the end. Yep. Of course, Charlie did come back after twenty games. Twenty games. Whew. That's that's a long time. But. Glad he's back. Now, unfortunately, we don't know if he'll be back tonight. After taking a pretty savage, late, and blindside hit from from Zach Hyman last night. Yeah, that was um, that was dirty. That was bad. Like he was behind. Not only was it a late hit, he was behind the play. There was no need to come in on him at all. And. Hyman could have stopped. Like, there was no, oh, I was already on my way to him. He could have stopped. He didn't need to do that. That was shit. That now, was, yeah. And this is incidentally incited to some, a couple different species of abject stupidity among Leafs fans. Now, should this be precedent, preface this, um, well, I don't know about the Leafs, the team, but um, the Bruins occupy a very large portion of the headspace in the heads of Leafs fans. <laughs> Even smart Leafs fans. And, I mean, that's fair. You know, I mean, that's, that's um, uh, multiple times the Bruins have come back from behind in Game 7 in the first round of the playoffs to uh, to, to win. But um, the, the, the two different species of stupidity that come out of this is a combination of um, uh, victim blaming. Mm-hmm. Saying it's like, oh, he needs to keep his head up. No, fuck you. You say that, you now lose your right to talk about hockey forever. Go fuck yourself into the sun. Yeah, I, I think it's um, a weak argument when you whenever you say it's that. It's victim, victim blaming of any kind. Yeah. It's... it's, it's Actually, there's three different species of stupidity. I just realized. One thing, oh, it wasn't that bad a hit. It was all, it's like, it was only, only two seconds late. Dude, the rules say if it's a half second late, it's a late hit. Fuck you. And the third category is a whole bunch of whataboutism. Ugh, gotta hate whataboutism. Namely, in this case, well, what about McAvoy's hit on Martyr? You mean the one that he got a penalty for and that's all it fucking was? Because, yeah, it was boarding. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Martyr played after that, right? Martyr got up and yeah, played. Yeah, it was boarding. It was a penalty. He he served his penalty. He served the penalty. Big fucking deal. And people are saying this to justify Marner. It's like, actually, if that's the reason Hyman threw that hit, that means Hyman's suspension should be double what it would have been otherwise. If it was a two-game hit, that makes it a four-game in mind because that makes it that makes it in the first degree because that adds intent. Now, now, is Marner even going to get anything because he was no, no, going to... Hyman, you mean? I mean, not Marner. I'm sorry. Hyman, Hyman. yeah. There's been no word officially, but... Department of Player Safety was going to look at the hit, and and they haven't said that. whether they, they haven't said anything yet. I bet you because they threw him out of the game, it's just going to be nothing. I, I I just have a feeling it's going to be like that. That Hyman's going to get away with this. The thing I don't like about it is that he went high and he went for the head. Yeah, a guy that's been out for twenty games for a fucking concussion. That's bullshit about this whole thing. Yeah, that that was head hunting. It was head hunting. 
Like, there, literally head It was a dirty, dirty hit. It wasn't quite Matt Cook or Tom Wilson dirty, but it wasn't fucking far off. Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> this is my view on the Maple Leafs for the next game, which is, what, in February, was it? Did we? Oh, January, January, yeah, January 12th. January 12th. That game is going to be a fucking bloodbath. I say you go after their top line. I'm not saying headhunt. Do everything but touch their heads, but go after them. By then, this team will have its big guys back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, give them a rough freaking time, right? You know, Matthews is a big kid, but he's injury prone. Marner, Tavares, none of them are particularly large fellas, though. This is what (laughs) I said last night after the game. I'm like, you go after their top line. You make them pay. You rough them up. You reach into their chests and you pull out their hearts. You take a bite and you throw it into the stands. Better have Kevin Miller back in time because he's like because he's a probably our designated heart our designated heart ripper. <laughs> but don't go for their heads. Don't ever go for their heads. Just make them pay every other way. Like I know Achari's been a special kind of um, uh, futile futile in the rest of the play, but like he's the kind of guy you want to you should be doing things like that because that's what he good what he's good at. Clean, devastating hits. He was not playing last night, and that's fine. Uh, they did fine last night. They they really needed they needed something. They pulled it out, and boy, did they pull it out! They that was it was great that they totally totally solved Anderson, which they've done before. But they they you know this season they've been having a tough time with it. I mean, I guess the Bruins lead the series now two to one on the season. Yes, the Bruins won the first game fairly handily. Yeah. Basically, the Leafs don't have defense. They have plenty of offense, but if you if you shut them down, you shut them down. They did score three goals in garbage time. Yeah. And, like, I will say about the Leafs, yeah. You know, I mean, they have a couple of good defensemen, sure, but, like, Jake Gardner and uh, Morgan Riley are good players, but are um, they're not complete ones. Yep. Which means that they have no complete defensemen. Which means that you can you can devour this team. Mostly if you catch Frederick Anderson off and on and off night, but still. Frederick Anderson's been phenomenal this season. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been really good. Look, we really needed that last night. Oh, after after three just like demoralizing, embarrassing losses in a row. Yep. When when I'm sitting there comparing the week in Bruins hockey to the Avengers four endgame trailer you know that we needed that win last night. We needed it. Oh, yeah. I will say, interestingly, of the three preceding losing games, the game the Bruins looked to be in the most was the one against the best opponent. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa for sure, because the Bruins basically forgot to show up to Florida, which... Oh, no, 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 no. We collectively hallucinated that they were supposed to have a game in Florida. Oh, is that what we agreed on? Okay, yeah. Well, no, no. I Actually, the next morning, I swear to God, so many things in my Twitter feed... I even wrote something up for or, uh, the website. I All these things, we all collectively dreamt or hallucinated that they played against Florida the night before. They were dreadful. So let's just say it was a collective hallucination that they lost five to nothing. And then whatever the fuck happened to that game against Detroit on last Saturday, too. Right? Those were two bad games against teams that they shouldn't be losing to. Uh, you know what? You know what, though? I- I'm going to tell you the truth. Honestly, if losing to Detroit is somehow or another going to guarantee me a win against the Leafs, then I'll, I'll do it. I'll yeah. Do it. Okay, I'll I'll, take that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, seeing freaking Dangle break down on Twitter during the game is the greatest thing. 
in the history of sports. Considering the Leafs being good have made him so insufferable the rest of the time, yes. And it is like the Bruins are like, I mean, he's got, he's like line item number one on the Bruins have have a significant amount of real estate and Leafs fans' heads occupied because like, (laughs) Dangle, of course, you know, Dangle, his job is literally to lose his fucking mind. But, (laughs) I mean, it's true. (laughs) Because it's basically hockey YouTube reaction videos in his entire career. Well, yeah, so he's just monetizing that now. Good for him. I'm so glad I didn't buy into him. He has his entertaining moments. It's just, again, Leafs being good, I talked about this last week, have turned him and other previously perfectly reasonable Leafs fans into fucking obnoxious idiots. Like, even Down Goes Brown has that problem to a, to an extent. Yeah, I look, I hate losing against teams that we should definitely win against, but I like being in the game against Tampa because the Bruins were in that game. And you know, here's the thing is, you know who had who looked really good that game, to me anyway, was, was uh, JFK. Because uh, yeah. he at no points actually looked good prior to that. He looked fine a few times, or lo- varying from lost to fine. He actually looked good against Tampa. And while I didn't watch last night's game, I saw he scored the first goal, and I'm told he played pretty well last night as well. He was really persistent on that goal. I think that's the thing, too. Because yeah, that, that and goal, that's been one of his problems, is persistence. Because what happened was, like, one thing that you, you can definitely do with Anderson is you can squeak one by his, his uh, skate. You know, that's what right? happened. And, and he just kept pushing it, and he pushed it in. And, and so that was the persistence on it. It wasn't one of those, like, hey, uh, I shot a goal from the point, and... Uh, score you know it wasn't like that it's like he had to get down and dirty and he had to tap that sucker in and just keep tapping at it well i think what we're seeing here with with jfk too part of the problem was that you know right after he gets called up he starts having to play the fucking try to play the fucking first line and that's not him and put too much pressure and to the extent to the sort of a view i have on the matter of jfk in general is too much pressure has been the problem from word go when he got bergeron comparisons at the draft like, you can't fucking... I hate player comparisons on prospects because you, you it, this sets expectations. I argue with chuckle fucks for years who, 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 who clung to these pre-draft comparisons of Stamkos and, and Sagan. I'm like, Sagan's an extremely different player from Stamkos. Yeah. Like, extremely different. Yes, they're both centers who score a lot of goals rather than assists. That's about it. It doesn't mean they're similar players at all. Yeah. Um. I so I don't like player comparisons. I think it's dangerous. Even though even though the pro, even though the scouts are only using it as an analogy, so you understand what you're going to get. Fans are stupid, and think that's like oh that oh that means this player is going to be this player. No, no, it just means they have a style that's reminiscent. It doesn't have anything to do with skill level really. And so being compared to Bergeron from word go set unrealistic expectations for JFK. It's looking increasingly like he's a three C. Mm-hmm. He is going. I think he is a Chris Kelly with upside. Or, or, or an Antoine Vermette with upside, both of which are good things to be, or at least were at one point. Yeah, not everybody can be top-line center or even second-line center. Now, mind you, this circles us back to having quite a bit of pressure on, on Studnika and or Frederick to become at least a Krejci heir, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, Bergeron will probably get re-signed again at the end of his contract for a couple of years at, at, at low money. He's, now, he's never playing somewhere besides Boston. Right. Krejci's probably going to finish his contract and be done in this city. Even if he's still capable at that point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that Krejci wants to play much longer than his contract. Oh? oh I, I don't... I heard something years ago. I could have... I could be misremembering. But I thought he said that basically he just wanted to finish up in Boston and, and probably after this contract, so... That's actually relatively 
Wow. So he's looking at uh, only two more years after this year then for a career. He's only he, he's only 32, so that's interesting to me. Well, I mean, he's had a lot of injuries in his career and stuff. Well, I mean, he did just last night pass Cam Neely and is now 10th all-time in Bruins scoring, which is actually kind of alarming to an extent because he has less than 600 points on his career. There were Claude years. This is true. Um, most of his 13 years were Claude years because he didn't he didn't play yeah because he didn't play during he was still in the in juniors during the um either in juniors or in the AHL during the during the Dave Lewis season so yeah he he's only played for two coaches in Boston. Let's <laughs> just let's just face it. If you were a player who played under Claude with the Bruins, you did not reach your point potential. True. But on the flip side, Krejci did lead the league in playoff scoring two years. But. That's playoffs. I think for that, that, I think for I think for team scoring they count playoffs for the uh, team for for for, for team uh, for team ranks. I'm not sure though. Well, then that should be even more alarming that it's just like okay, so they added the uh, the playoffs into that. What would his totals be without those? Well, I'm not even. What I mean by alarming though is not his total. Is that how he's ranked that high with that total for a franchise this old? Bruins have been known a lot for defense. Yeah. I mean, two of the guys ahead of them are defensemen, but they're, you know, two of the three or four best defensemen of all time. Right, right. Uh, they're, they're anomalies. <laughs> I mean, because Ray Bork is the, it holds the franchise record, for, has the, the franchise high scoring mark, and, like, usually only expansion teams have a defenseman as their, as their, as their best scorer of all time. But also, Bork played for such an impossible, played for the Bruins for such a long fucking time, right? Yeah. He's only uh, 13 points away from, 13 or 14 points away from catching Terry O'Reilly for ninth, actually. Oh, wow. And uh, sometime next, eh, and 674 is doable by the end of his career, so he'll probably catch Ken Hodge, but that's probably the end of the line. He's not going to catch Wayne Cashman. Number seven, Patrice Bergeron, so that doesn't count because he's not going to catch up to someone who's a better player than he is who's still playing. Yeah. So that would actually put him behind not that many players. It would just be Bork, Busick, Espo, Nifty, Bobby Orr, Wayne Cashman, and Berge probably by the end of Krejci's time here. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Krejci, I think it was the right move to put him up onto the top line. I agree. I think so, too, you know? I'm surprised that he didn't try it before, honestly. My guess is Cassidy was really resisting any urge to overload. Um, Because I remember right when Berkey went down, there was talk about that, and a lot of media folks were like, well, but if they do that, then the team has fuck all else. Last night sort of dissuades that notion on account of um, a lot of other lines did did some stuff. Yeah, I'd say last night was probably, especially in terms of scoring, last night was kind of the most complete game that the forward group has played in a long time, in terms of like distributing the scoring. Now, mind you, there's still some issues. Despite all that distribution, none of those came from the fourth line. Nope. Yeah, so so players that had no points on the Bruins last night, just to give you some idea, there's not a lot of them. Chris Wagner, Joachim, Jo Joachim Nordstrom. Joking, whatever the fuck it is, I don't care. Yeah, it's joking. Colby Cave, Jamal Smith. We'll we'll circle back to that. Colby Cave and 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 Corelli. So two thirds of the third line and the entire bottom line are the only forwards that didn't score. Defensemen, well, Carlo McAvoy and uh, Camper, which I don't really understand why Camper's still in over Lozon or over Lozon because I think Lozon's still up, isn't he? Yes, he is. But Wags and Corelli did serve other functions. They did. They uh, they were getting into various players' heads. And yet, somehow, a game we the Camp Bruins won 6-3. Corrali, Smith, 
and Wagner are all somehow minus. We're all somehow minus one. Carlo is minus two somehow. Which um, well, Carlo um, went to go get a puck on behind the net and whiffed on it, so that led to a goal at some point in that sequence. So that wasn't good. But Carlo, also, no, no. Let's talk about my boy for a minute. I was going to. No, no, no. no. I need to. I need to. I need to. Tim, give me this. Give me this. Give me this. Because he's okay. my boy. He threw down with Kadri. He was just like, "Fuck you." I've had enough of your shit. And it wasn't like it wasn't like you know knockdown drag out. I mean, it was not a really great fight. But Carlo basically was just asserting his will. And he rearranged his face a little bit. He he had he had the he had those two jabs right before it ended that hit him square, and that's kind of when uh they kind of both kind of were uh, wobbly a little bit, and then that's when the refs kind of stepped in. But yeah, he had some good shots on Kadri. Somebody needed to say something to Kadri, like stop it. I mean, Kadri earlier in the game tripped Krejci. He put before. Before, you know, or as Krejci is, is uh, getting ready to fall for, through this trip, Kadri puts his arms up but doesn't drop his stick, right? As if to say, I'm not tripping him, but you're totally tripping him. He's in the middle of the trip and you're tripping him. So it's like Kadri's just doing the typical Kadri shit, you know, and he's not on our team. So fuck you. <laughs> and so Carlo, you know what? Yeah, he was minus two in the night. Carlo was still doing good, some good things, and he uh, he got in a fight with Kadri, and uh, yeah, I like that. Now explain this about Grizzly for me, because I can't figure out how you do this. I know he got he got in the, the in the, the the fight with Hyman after the after the, Mac, the hit on McAvoy. Yep, resulted right. in in, the, in the fighting, instigator, and misconduct, and all that. How did he get thirty pim? Like, how is that even possible in only eighteen and a half minutes of play? Because getting tossed only counts as ten for the misconduct. Okay, penalties. Ready? Mm-hmm. Fun with numbers. Okay, Grizzly cross-checking against Zach Hyman. Okay, so that was a five-minute. Grizzly fighting. That's five minutes. That's so that's ten. Game misconduct. That's another ten. So that's twenty. Oh, he got two game misconducts. That's thirty. What was the other game misconduct for and against whom? Uh, against Zach Hyman. I've never heard of anyone getting multiple... It was, like, for the same incident, or was it our separate one? It's the same incident. It's I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of it either, but this is the breakdown. I'm looking at it. You get all the game misconduct. At nine, this is the series of penalties at 9.53 in the third. Zach Hyman interference against Charlie McAvoy. 9.53, Boston. Matt Grizzlick cross-checking against Zach Hyman. 9.53, Toronto. Zach Hyman fighting against... Matt Grizzlick, 9.53 again. Boston, Matt Grizzlick fighting against Zach Hyman. 9.53 again. Boston, Matt Grizzlick, game misconduct. 9.53, Toronto, Zach Hyman, game misconduct. 9.53, Boston, uh, Matt Grizzlick, game misconduct. That was all 9.53. That's what it's listed. You got to scroll under the uh, scoring to find this breakdown. I agree with you that this whole thing seems really, really bizarre, but it adds up to 30. I have some fun stats. Frederick Anderson falls to 1-4 with a 5.29 goals against average and an 8.57 save percentage in his last six starts at the Bruins, including the playoffs. Yay! We figured out Frederick Anderson. Woo! See, do you see it? Do you see it? 
Yeah, it's so weird. I've never heard of multiple misconducts given to the same person in the same incident. Yeah, and 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 I think if I'm, well, no, I think on that one they ended up five on five. But after the other thing, uh, after that, uh, the Bruins were on the penalty kill. <laughs> <laughs> with the next incident, uh, you know, with the Hainsey uh, Wags fight. So, anyway, the Bruins won definitively last night against the Maple Leafs. Carlo fought, Wags fought. We've got goal scoring from all sorts of different people. Yay! It was great. Tampa Bay, uh, they were in it. The Bruins led first, and then it just went downhill, and they did... Pasternak had some gorgeous looks, but freaking Louis Domingue is the one that, like, if it was Vasilevsky, I'd understand, but, like, we made freaking Domingue look like a good goalie, and he's, you know, fine at best. Yeah. I, like that Pasternak say, one where he just failed to get his puck underneath it. Like, yeah. if Pasternak lifted that a quarter inch more, I would have tumbled over, over Domingue's pad. Do you think there's any truth to the rumor that went around, like, the other week that, that Pasta's a little bit banged up, a little hurt? I, I didn't see that. It's I like I like that as a better explanation for his um, uh, collapse in scoring without Bergeron than him being that reliant on Bergeron because um if that were the case that's a really bad news on the matter of both Pasta and Marchand Marchand I'm so I really don't want that to be the reason I find their lack of scoring disturbing yeah it's not quite to the alarming stage but it ain't fucking far off either. Yeah, I, I'm just saying there there was a time where it seemed like it was really hard for him to lift the stick. Mm-hmm. And I will say that Pasta was probably the second best player for either team on the ice on Thursday. Yeah. After Louis Domingue. Oh, God, Louis Domingue. Uh, well, all right. So all of this is behind us. Today we get to take on the Senators and hopefully... First off, we haven't really talked about the new acquisition from this week much yet. We've mentioned him. I, I know. I was going to get to that. I was just going to say, ah, one more game, Senators. And then now that will clear up the Bruins for a little bit. Now we can talk about other things like injuries and acquisitions and puppies and wildflowers. Okay, talk about Jamel Smith. What we got? So, Jamel Smith, we was picked up on waivers from off the waivers from the Dallas Stars. He was a, I believe, fourth rounder in 2012. Okay. Hasn't uh, necessarily been the most um, uh, productive at really any at really any pro level, but he's been functional. It appears that Dallas fans were a bit distressed to lose him. I'm not entirely sure why. It sounds kind of like us losing insert prospect lost on waivers here. Well, uh, it sounds like Dallas fans liked him and that there just wasn't a spot for him. Yeah, so he played only 14 games with Dallas this year, scoring two goals and an assist. To give you some context, last season he played 46 games, scoring 11 points, 6 and 17 the year before, and uh, that's the extent of his NHL level play. He's speedy, he's feisty, he's got some size to him. <clears throat> Interesting pickup. It's a waiver pickup, right? No, you should never get it. You shouldn't get excited about waiver pickups because most of them aren't Paul Byron. Paul Byron, of course, being a really astute pickup by Mark Bergevin, occasionally Mark Bergevin does something competent, weird, mm-hmm. after the Flames waved Paul Byron. Paul Ryan, of course, has been very good for the Habs since that happened. But like realistically, I mean, you temper expectations. Most waiver pickups are Corey Potter or Casper Stoudevins, right? So, as long as you're as long as you're better than either of those, it's actually a pretty good thing. Okay, so Jamel Smith, we'll see how it works out. 
Oh, and it's, it's, it's a waiver pickup, right? You know, it's like, and Bruins have actually had it again for, for as far as waiver pickups go up, not bad track record in recent years, right? The, the recent ones being, of course, some uh, Dogovins in 2013, Corey Potter in 2014, Landon Ferraro in 1415, or was that 1516? Whatever, but Landon Ferraro, like, so Landon Ferraro wasn't that great for the Bruins. He was probably the best of the bunch on that regard, on that regard for waiver pickups. You know, so if Jamal Smith managed to even be a Landon Ferraro, I'm okay with that because he cost nothing. Yep, yep. Oh, no, I I have no problem with this acquisition. And the truth of the matter is, is, is our fourth line, God love them all, but our fourth line has been next to useless this season. Yeah. We're talking we're talking late Merlot line useless. Mm. Like Corral, like I should say that's not true. Corrali's been fine but not scoring but wagner and achari have been not terribly useful <laughs> no no wagner more so than achari unfortunately even though i like achari a lot more as a player i i really think that achari is what's going on with achari i really think he's trying to focus on his offensive game it's just not coming to him well here's the thing remember his thing would be scoring like opportunistic goals and getting incredibly low assist counts right yeah. Think, yeah. He just doesn't have an. He doesn't have an offensive game. He lucked into an unusually large number of goals last year. What was it? Ten. He got ten goals, but one assist last year. Yeah, but you know what? I love those ten goals. Oh, I know they were great. But you know what he's doing? He's, he's he's emphasizing the wrong things in his game right now. It's like just just being all Achari. But again, this was the problem with with the Wagner signing. Like it was funny at the time. Wagner made more sense to me than Nordstrom, but now. Nordstrom is definitely the much more logical signing than, than Wagner was. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Sweeney looked at them as like, okay, where can we um, uh, replace some uh, sh- get similar players to Schaller and, and Bradley Nash on the cheap? And he identified Nordstrom or Wagner. Wagner is definitely no Schaller. No. Nord- Nordstrom's kind of a dollar store Nash, though. I mean, like, you're not the same position, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. One, are you saying that Tim Schaller is the one who made that line work? I mean, he is a doctor. It's hard to say. Oh, that makes me so sad. But I am kind of on the brink of hoping the Bruins start, just give a shot at a bunch of our, at a couple of prospects who look like they could be promising bottom six players. Like, I would, I mean, some of them maybe aren't there yet, like Kuhlman or, um, uh, but Kuhlman, but like Fitzgerald and Hughes, I think should both get a shot. It's like the guys that are on the fourth line now aren't cutting it. Yeah. Even if it's just to sit a few games, right? Cause I mean, except for Achari, they all have at least have one or more years after this one left. But anyway, Jamel Smith may band-aid that a bit. The good thing about Jamel Smith is that the report is that he can play all positions on a line. Yes. And that's very handy. You want to have somebody who can do all three. So I welcome that. That's great. I hope he can spur something. I hope he can get latch onto something on a line and make it work. I'm really sad about Achari. And Corrali and the whole state of the fourth line and the sometimes third line and whatever and all that is. But this is my thought on all of the players who are having a tough time right now who should be scoring. When they do get it together, when they do start scoring, this team is going to be dangerous. I think it's not a matter of if, it's going to be a matter of when. I really do think it's going to be that way well, well there's the thing right we've been getting phenomenal goaltending a patchwork defense has been playing pretty darn well a couple games this week notwithstanding mm-hmm. with a full healthy roster i think that should open up the loosen the pressure enough on other lines to start doing their things right mm-hmm. 
you know, Danton Heinen's been having a rough go. He did get the game winner. Yep. Granted, that was it wasn't, granted, it wasn't the game winner when he scored it. It wasn't until much later that it became the game winner because, well... Garbage time. Yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah, pretty goal. If it wasn't for the garbage time, JFK would have been the game winner. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Of course, we had Charlie come back from injury this week, and we don't know what's going to happen with him. We've got Jake DeBrusque, who's on the shelf this weekend. Yeah, he's he's apparently some rattled. They're not being. They're just saying he's. They're saying he was going to sit the weekend out. They don't say more than that. So, hopefully, he's uh, back by Tuesday. Yep. Oh my God, they're playing on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh. At home world. again. At home against Arizona. I got to tell you, I was really hoping for a few more days off. <laughs> and December's not a month for that until the uh, Christmas gap, because the Christmas gap is the only three day gap of the entire month. And here's the uh, here's the irony. That's when I actually would want to watch hockey. <laughs> yeah, that 24th, 25th, 26th range. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they need to have Christmas. I know. I get it. But uh, I was really hoping like Wednesday or Thursday. No, not. No. Actually, you know what? This season. I don't like Tuesday games anyway because I can never hardly ever watch Tuesday games. Cause it's one of those nights where I, you know, interact with people in meet space, you know. Trivia, right? So it's, it's, I don't love Tuesday games personally. I don't like Thursday games because it always interferes with the good place. Well, no Thursday game this week. Yeah, but you know what? There's no good place this week either. Oh, I see. Uh, I think they come back either in January or February for their final three uh, episodes of the season. They had a, wow, they have a mid-season hiatus with only three seasons, episodes left. That's... um. Well, they only do 13 episodes a season, which is awesome. I mean, you always want more, but actually it, they, they've they condensed it in such a way so that you don't get filler. You don't get filler episodes. Every episode is important to the action and moving the series forward. So I actually love the concept of limited episodes per season, but it makes every episode so special. I want to see it when it's on but it's already been renewed for next season so we've done our job everybody who watches the good place we've done our job okay so is there really anything else that we need to talk about with the bruins this week no it's they, they went to florida on tuesday nothing happened nothing to see here no it's just a break they made yeah. that's interesting because they made the two good teams they played in the last um in the last week um work for it at least when Crushed one of them. Yep, I like it. Crush, crush the Maple Leafs. Mulch them. Crush their hopes and dreams. <laughs> Knock down the wall and expand that pen, that penthouse condo you have at Leafs fans' heads. Yeah, you have the capital for it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, just, just just annex the next the next room over. <laughs> yep. Nobody needs it. No, nobody's using it. Go ahead, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I also love that Tukarask in our scenario is the Black Widow. I think it fits. I'd say Kevin Miller must is Kevin Miller or Chara um, Banner. It should almost be Chara. Chara's cerebral and a beast. Well, right now they're dusted, so. Yeah, I know. So Which means, I guess I guess that makes Chara like I guess uh, I guess Chara would be like Drax. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it's more that's more of a Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller's Drax. Kevin Miller's Drax. <laughs> Chara. Oh my God, who is Chara? Chara's Groot. <laughs> apparently the only problem with your analogy is you've made patrice pepper pots which um uh, yeah I, I don't like it per se but right now 
it works really well with Brad being Tony Stark. <laughs> so, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> But Patrice right now is at home taking care of Zach Jr. <laughs> <laughs> or Brad Jr. Or whatever it is. Yeah. So, so I guess that would make Urho, let's see, future future beginnings of the new super successful. Okay, so Urho is apparently Black Panther. <laughs> right? So we've talked about the Bruins. What's our schedule look like? Okay, so of course the Bruins um, start off the week by playing uh, Ottawa in four hours. <laughs> okay. Nope, nope, sorry, four and a half. Okay. Four and a half hours. Four and a half hours um, at uh, Ottawa, so that's 5 p.m. Eastern today. Of course, this game will be very much in the past by the time listeners hear me say that. Um, yeah. Uh, then we follow up on Tuesday, that's uh, December 11th, against Arizona at 7 p.m. Eastern at the Garden. This should be a real gripping game. Two teams that don't score very many goals playing one another. Yay! Yay. <sighs> and then follow that up on the 14th. That's Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern against Pittsburgh in whatever it is they're calling their arena now. Is it still console energy or did it change again? I don't even fucking know. I can't keep track of this shit. PPG Paints Arena. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> but PP, yeah. PPG Place is really interesting. It's a nice, nice little place to go to during the day if you like. Any... If you like reflecto, uh, reflective uh, p- photography, it's the place to go. But, but in any case, it is um uh, not the arena in which Jean Claude Van Damme killed the mascot in in Double Impact. Was that Double Impact? Sudden, sudden death. <laughs> Insert. <laughs> Adjective noun. You can make JCVD movie movie titles the exact same way you construct uh, Steven Seagal movie titles. <laughs> <laughs> and yet somehow, and I'm not entirely sure why, John claude Van Damme gets it's more respect than Steven Seagal. To be fair, I generally agree with that assessment. I just don't understand it. Now, lastly, the last game of the week, we'll of course record before this game plays, but we'll he- you will hear you will hear that episode well after it happens at 5 p.m. next Sunday, December 16th, <laughs> at the Garden against Buffalo. Holy shit! And then the following Sunday, another 5 p.m. Eastern game. Oh, what? Uh, what is this? Three consecutive. You have to do 5 p.m. because Patriots play. <sighs> 5 p.m. three consecutive Sundays. Like it's a dumb fucking time. It is. It is. I agree. I I'm I hate here. that. I really hate those pseudo matinees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm going to tell you something. Ready? I'm going to the game on the 22nd. I have no idea what time the ta- the game is because the it tickets is. the tickets it's say 1 time. The tickets said like 2:30. Bruins website says one. I I know. I, I was gonna I was going to check it like 500 times before I go. No no no. The the, the t- I'm saying the the website is correct. I'm going to check it a million times before I go though. Because Just in case tickets, reality lines up with what it says on your print ticket. It's because they, you know what? It's because, well, yeah, and they changed the game that time, and they did it to me once, and I don't trust them anymore, because they did it to me once. It made my, yeah. So the tickets say a different time, and I think it's because they've moved the time. And and that's fine. I'm just going to check it a million times before I go, because I am not going to miss my opportunity to see Romagnosi Garden. I mean, the Bruins, totally the Bruins. I'm not going to miss my chance to see the Bruins before Christmas at the Garden. That's what I said. Nobody confirmed that I said anything different. 
No, no one no. can. Mm. Okay. That's what you said. It's what yep. it is. Yep. All right. So, how can we be reached? How can you okay. find us? What do you, what? Well, listeners, you've, of course, been listening to Barely on Topic. You can uh, find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Um, if you like us, rate us a bunch of stars. Tell all your friends. Because they'll probably like us, too, if you do. If you're friends with them, right? Seems fair. Yeah, even you, Russ, with your friends that are Canadians fans, make them listen to it. Yeah, actually. Because, like, they, listen, they, they, they watch a shitty team. Why would they not be better off listening to us instead of watching the, of watching the Habs? Yep. Their, their team smells like farts. It's going to be much more rewarding listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also, of course, uh, reach out to us on, uh, on Twitter at Barely On Topic or on Facebook at Barely On Topic Podcast. Follow us on both for so you can be right there whenever our whenever our new episodes drop. Um, and of course, lastly, you can all of course follow us on our individual Twitters. I am uh, at Doctor Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A Richardson. And I am at TukaRaskIsBlackWidow.com. Also known as Ed Fia from RI. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. <laughs> Tim. Word.